everyone, Bert from Season Gaming and back with another BitCast for you. Dan is actually out this week. I'm joined as usual with Ains, and we have a special guest with you, the legendary Colt Eastwood. He's going to be with us throughout the entire BitCast. We're going to get a few questions from him just from a basic fun interview, and then he's actually going to join with us in our normal format with the exception of Name That Game. We didn't want to do Name That Game and totally weird him out and him never talk to us again. But we are exempting that, and then we'll kind of go through our games that we're playing and continue with our normal format. So let's get started with our BitCast this week. Colt, thanks for joining us a ton. Uh, hopefully you're having a good weekend and everything, or had a good weekend, I should say. But let's get started with some quick questions for you. So what got you started in gaming overall? Like, What, what, what inspires you to continue doing what you do? Well, I'm super old, so I've played games since like the beginning of gaming time. Uh, started with an Intellivision way back in the day, and uh, the NES. Yeah, the NES is what really, uh, really gave me the bug. So, like, I played like a lot. So, but the weirdest thing about me with gaming was uh, r right in the middle of the Super Nintendo, I kind of fell off of gaming and concentrated on being a high schooler. So that dates me about how old I was. And I didn't come back to gaming in full force until the Xbox 360 came out. So that really weirds out people. But Man. ever since then, it's been like really like uh, it's it's a problem. <laughs> wow! So you missed the whole original Xbox, huh? Yeah, I actually bought one in '07, um, and I played a bunch of games that everyone had already been done with. And uh, around 2008, I said I got to get a 360, and I just like jumped into GTA 4, and I was like hooked on San Andreas on the original Xbox before that, and that's when I knew I was coming back to gaming and. I had kids, and college was over. I had a job and a house, and I thought, you know what? I need to have a console. <laughs> I've been responsible <laughs> long enough. That's funny. So that Ains has a funny story about what got him into Xbox. I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you initially I, went, for the, yeah, no, you went no, for the yeah. GameCube. No, no, yeah. In fact, uh, was... I talked about that on the Next Level Gaming Show the other night. He asked me about that. So, yeah, I pre-ordered the GameCube with six games and picked it up, and... I completely ignored the Xbox. I didn't give a shit about it. And then I played it on the way out the door with my GameCube in my hand at EB Games. And they had Halo on the kiosk, you know, the demo kiosk. I played Halo and I went home and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, man, I got to get an Xbox. And I went back that night, same night, and she bought me an Xbox for an early Christmas present. And my GameCube collected dust. So You yeah. came home with two consoles that night? Yeah, I went home with two consoles and seven games that night. Yeah, sure did. Jeez. Um, but that's crazy, Cole. So that means, so basically mid-90s through mid-2000s. So you missed, let's see, PlayStation 1, Dreamcast, even PS2's launch then. Yeah, there was like a, about four or five months where um, my brother let me have his PlayStation for a little bit. Okay. And, but I was going to school. I was going to college. So I played like Metal Gear Solid and Gran Turismo and stuff like that. But yep. I had to kind of shelve it because I was it was <laughs> affecting my grades. So, yeah, I gave it back. So there was a time there where I played PlayStation, but I never really got into the N64. I didn't play like games like StarCraft and World of Warcraft and RTS wow. games. Like I missed a whole subsection of, of major games. It wow. kind of makes me weird that way. <laughs> Pretty big. Well, Cole, you mentioned that you played a bit of Super Nintendo. So what were you a Nintendo kid? Did you jump into Genesis at all? Like, where were you oh. at in, in your oh, childhood? I was in, yeah, I was a Nintendo kid. My, my parents bought us an NES. and then, But the Super Nintendo was cool, but I, just, I was old enough to where I was just kind of like, ah, I'm not really enjoying this as much. And I played, like, Street Fighter and F-Zero and Star Fox <laughs> and stuff. But I just really wasn't into it, and I had other priorities like girls and... Hanging out and getting in trouble and stuff. My my yeah, younger so. brother called me a Nintendo Freako, and it kind of put me off of gaming. Uh, being at that age, and I kind of like swore it off for a little while because I'm yeah. an idiot. Yeah, ga well, gaming was much different back then too. It was a different yeah. environment, so bit of a weird yeah, stigma with it. Yeah, it was definitely like just the real bona fide nerds were playing. Uh, I mean, everybody played Nintendo, right? Or or Sega Genesis. Like everyone was playing as far as like that group. But I mean, you still were totally a nerd if you talked about it a lot and stuff. Cool. Well, next question for you, Colt. I mean, you have a massive uh, social media presence on Twitter, um, and your YouTube <laughs> channel is very successful as well. So, what keeps you energized and continuing to make content and entertaining the masses from from everything you do from a YouTube perspective? Um, I really, really, really like sharing stuff. Uh, I really like uh, production and creating graphics for people. So just the interaction that I get from my channel. Um, I create logos for people on the side for a little bit extra money. Um, 
just talking to people in the comment section. I, I mean, I really make these videos because I want to get a discussion going. I don't, I think I don't really give my opinion in my videos. I try to portray everything I've gathered together and just like leave it up to the listener to have a discussion. But that sometimes that brings people in to argue with me, but I like talking to people. I really do. I, I check my comment section pretty often and I respond to as many people as I can. Um, it really powers me through. Um, when I put out a video, I get like two or three days solid of, uh, people, you know, having a conversation and talking to me and asking me questions and, that's what keeps me going. I really enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, we've, we've been fans of your content for a while. It's really cool to see the way you meld, uh, you mend, I guess I should say, footage and audio and your voiceover and stuff. Do you usually, uh, I'm assuming you script everything up before you do your videos, or is, does everything come off, off the top of your head? I mean, that'd be pretty cool if you were doing that too. It's always <laughs> tough to do that. That would be like near impossible. No, I just, uh, about two years ago, I started writing scripts because I got tired of editing, like rambling. I would ramble for like 18 minutes and edit it down to like an eight minute video. Um, I've really tried to hone the craft of doing a professional voiceover. So I write like a documentary style script. I want to, I make sure that everything I say has a meaning and that I mean what I say and that, uh, it comes from information I've gathered and, uh, it's, it's kind of weird, like when people take exception to something I've said in a video, uh, like for example, I said when I played Crackdown 3, the city reminded me of Night City from Cyberpunk, because it has the neon everywhere, at night oh, yeah. everything's colorful, and a statement like that happens to me all the time. I get like hundreds of people saying that Cole Eastwood just compared crack crap down three to cyberpunk 2077 but you know i write that sentence very deliberately i make sure i add an uh or a of word that makes sure that people understand what i meant was the look or the aesthetic reminds me of cyberpunk and that's, so it's funny right. i try really hard to be concise and clear with people i'm hoping they're paying attention <laughs> yeah Ains, I, I think you do some of that too right the little inside jokes and a lot of your writing and little hidden gems and all over the place <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, very, which very few people get sadly but it's still worth it um <laughs> yeah cold i was gonna ask you so you you've like uh, bert said you've grown a, a really good following which is awesome and it was great getting to chat with you about it at e3 this year um, what, oh, yes. what, um, you know, when, when did you get started? Like, uh, not into gaming, but into the, the social media, not social media, but the, the videos. And when did you really kind of ramp it up to the, the level that you're at today? Um, I really started ramping it up, uh, around the time Witcher three was about to come out. Oh yeah. Um, I remember because I was at like 200 subscribers and I made this personal goal that if I hit 500, I would give away uh, to a random person in my comments, which are three. And I, I didn't even, I made like 50 subs up from 200. So <laughs> I worked really hard for a year um, trying to build a channel, making a video every week, trying to make it really good content. And it, it wasn't going anywhere. I was getting like 47 views a video and I was, uh, it was really wearing me out. And then dealer gaming, um, a guy that I watched every week on YouTube, like got a hold of me because I commented on one of his videos and had tons of likes. And he says, hey, Colt, I've been watching your channel for a while, and I we got to fix this. You're not getting any views, and we're going to fix that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's talking to me. <laughs> and, uh, we've been, and we've been like best friends ever since. He's taught me a lot of things, and I really just tried to make everything I do the best that I can possibly do it. Because I want people to I – I make people watch a video for eight or ten minutes. I want them to enjoy it and, like, see some really good footage and illustrated points Instead of just talking over gameplay, I want them to see footage that's relatable to what I'm talking about. Because mm. uh, if anybody's like me, you know, you kind of drift off and daydream and stuff. <laughs> Bert, Bert knows what you're talking about, that's for sure. Uh, I don't, actually. I don't. <laughs> so, so really quick, Cold, you've, uh, God, you have so many subscribers, which is fantastic. And you're approaching the 400 video mark. Are you going to be doing anything special for that 400 video? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Put me like, on the spot. Uh, yeah yeah i guess i well i don't I, mean I, <laughs> let me back up i don't mean like a giveaway or anything, but is that no, no, is no. that 400th video going to be like something special i don't i haven't thought about it because like i feel like i feel like i haven't made that many videos because i make a video about every six to ten days um but i have some older videos if people dig way back <laughs> they'll find like i tried all kinds of different things on youtube i was you know i used to go out shooting with friends and and record that for people who like that sort of thing um 
Yeah, I mean, I've, and I, I did like a whole playthrough of Fallout 4 that no one watched. So, um, <laughs> that was probably I the really game's just... fault, Colt. I'm not going to blame you for that one. <laughs> I still like me Fallout. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think of that far ahead, Bert. I'm like always thinking about uh, in three days. Like right now, I'm thinking in about three days, I need to make a new video. And that's about as far ahead as I think. <laughs> I really right. am that bad. So, Colt, I'm going to really dig into the archives here and kind of, uh, I'm not going to say mess with you, but I'm just going to bring some memories back from a long time ago. So, the Pinewood Derby video. Um, oh, my two, gosh, you are going 2009. Oh, 2009. man. A decade. How long, a decade yeah, ago. How long, did that vi- how long did that Pinewood Derby car take you to make? I mean, I was a Boy Scout slash Cub Scout, so I know all about those. Yes. You can make the coolest looking car, and it's the slowest car in the whole track. So, how, how long did that take you? That was um, like a, a an adult uh, Pinewood Derby because you know when you're in the Boy Scouts, your dad helps you make the car and <laughs> That's right. your dad actually makes it. Yeah, <laughs> right. So we decided, why don't we do one and leave our our sons out of it? So uh, yeah, I spent like probably six or eight hours building that car. I took two blocks and glued them together and then cut them down to the seven <laughs> ounces. So that I could have wheel wells and all this stuff. And so I made a video because I've, like, I've been into video production for like 20 years off and on. And so it's always been an interest to me. And now I finally feel like I've honed the video production into something that works for me and that people enjoy. And that's doing the video game stuff. So that makes me really happy. But that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I went derby video. Yeah, Bert, yeah. Like, Bert was still... digging into the history there. I do my history on people. I do my history on people before giving them a decent interview. But like I said, man, we always loved your content. It was a pleasure meeting you in person and spending a bit of time with you at E3. Um, what? What? Do you have any plans? Well, let me on wait. Attending? Let me let me say oh, something about that for yeah. for your audience. It's always tuned in. So um, I went to E3 for the first time. Got to go to FanFest for the first time. And like the very first day, uh, Burton Ains met me, and I was there with my wife, and they were so awesome they hung out with us they showed us where to go gave us advice on where to hang out and what to check out and what energy drinks not to drink (laughs) (laughs) bang bang so yeah we so we basically hung out for two or three days we went to ihop at like two in the morning oh my gosh it was it just made the trip and meeting you guys was like just a real highlight of all of the amazing stuff because we met some amazing people too that work in the industry and that that meant a lot to me to meet you guys it was it's a friendship yeah. made there for sure. Same here. Um, well, based based on that question, I mean, are you are you guys planning on attending anything else? You know, there's PAX. Obviously, Tokyo Game Show might be a little far away, and and probably some games that not all of us really get into. But there's obviously the big ones like GamesCon. Do you feel mm-hmm. energized to kind of do something like that, or are you more of just an E3 guy? What, what do you what are you thinking? Well, I've always thought about it, but PAX is in Seattle, which is two and a half hours from where yep. I live. So like that could be totally doable. Um, now I'm now I kind of broke the seal, right? Now I want to kind of check more of this stuff out. Where's Gamescom at? Isn't that that's Germany? In, that's Germany. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> but you know, you know the there's, the funny thing about Gamescom is Bert and I had talked about doing it here in uh you know in a, a near future, and we talked to several uh, actual devs or studio heads due to the you know the conversations we had at FanFest and uh, and the media day. And a lot of them were like dreading Gamescom. They said basically it's too crazy. So cold. If you imagine E3 is it was about sixty to a hundred thousand people. If you include media industry and the fans there, Gamescom is four hundred thousand. So what? yeah. So to to fly, you know, fourteen hours or so from here to uh, spend a day where it's you know just hours upon hours of lines. I don't I don't think it's really worth it to be honest. So. Yep. But PAX West, man, uh, Seattle, that would be... I've heard PAX is great because it's completely focused on fans. It's not a yep. media show, it's a fan show. And so uh, I know the Lords were telling me that PAX is amazing. They said I have to go. So uh, PAX and Seattle combined sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah, it does. Awesome. Well, last question for you, Colt, and then we'll get started with our normal format. But what do you have around the corner? Um, like, like you just mentioned, you do videos fairly often. Is there anything that you're just really looking forward to that you've written on that you're really looking forward to share? But what can we look forward to from a premiere from you? Um, I, I've kind of covered the Xbox Game Studios, but I feel like I need to cover it again. I kind of gauge... I'm on social media a lot because I kind of gauge where 
the audience is or where the gaming fans are at and what their concerns right. are or what they're questioning. And I think right now, uh, people know that the next generation PlayStation and Xbox are going to be super powerful. They're not sure which one's going to be more powerful. Uh, they totally disagree with me on that one, but they're really <laughs> concerned about where the games are going to be with Xbox. A lot of people think that they're not going to have the games, even with all these studios, like their bad track record the past couple of years is going to reflect forward going forward the next five or six years, which I don't agree with, but um, I think I kind of feel like I need to address that a little more. So I might be creating a video to explain where these game studios come from and what they're capable of. And I've, that needs to be done again, I think. Awesome, man. Well, we look forward to it. Like I said, we're both subscribers, so we always like your stuff, and um, we look forward to hearing that. And to last, to, to make sure we plug you correctly, um, you're mainly on Twitter and YouTube, right? Are you anywhere else from a podcast perspective that we can find you or that you want to share with us? Yeah, yeah. I'm at YouTube and Twitter at Colt Eastwood, and um, I do a podcast every Tuesday night with Dealer Gaming, uh, Fonz, D-Batch, and Zocker87. So we do an Xbox-centric podcast, and right. it's really, really, really fun. We get a lot of people in there, so um, I'm on Dealer Gaming's channel on Tuesday nights, and we do that live for about an hour or so. Awesome. So Twitter is at Colt Eastwood. If you're interested, his YouTube channel is also Colt Eastwood, and you just mentioned that that one on Tuesday night is Dealer Gaming on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yep. Awesome. Well, like I said, Colt, thanks again. Um, we're going to go ahead and progress with our show, so we look forward to having your answers and talking about these next news stories as well. So we're going to continue in our normal format, folks. So if you're listening in, uh, we usually cover the news, then we talk about what we're playing. Sometimes rumors are swirling all over the place, so we do talk about those briefly and share our opinions. We don't like to jump into rumors too much and, and kind of make sure that they're not rumors, but we do want to talk about what's swirling. And then we'll kind of end it out from there. So if you're just joining on that part, like you're used to with news, here we go. Um, and let's start with kind of a big one. So, And before I get started with news, after E3, the news cycle kind of slows down for a few weeks and then it starts to pick up. We obviously have a busy fall coming. E3 kind of took us totally off guard on how many release dates we have coming up in the fall. But there's still a few things and we're going to talk about those. So the first one is CD Projekt Red. So Cyberpunk 2077, which was probably one of the biggest talked about games at E3, was recently interviewed and their dev team was interviewed and they, they did say to look forward to some Witcher 3-like DLC. They haven't quite detailed what that's going to be, how many pieces of content we're looking at, or even how long it is, but to look at that model with Cyberpunk 2077. Now, I believe all three of us here are huge Witcher fans. We're mega excited about this. Ains, I'm not sure if you're as big as Colt or just as big as Colt. I know Colt's big Witcher, but Ains has a statue right next to him. So <laughs> we have that going on. But are you super excited about this news? What are your thoughts here? This could be amazing. Um, I mean, Game of the Year 2020 has already been decided, apparently. So we can just lock it up and move on. Um, no, are, I, I... Are you saying Halo? Are you saying Halo 2020 <laughs> Game of the Year? I, I, I mean, between Halo and Cyberpunk, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. But, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, this is great news, right? Witcher 3 core game people spend hundreds of hours on, it's won the most awards of any game all time. I mean, it's just, it's that game that set itself apart this generation. So knowing what they're going to do with Cyberpunk, knowing it's going to have, you know, the learnings of CD Projekt Red for another five years past Witcher 3, and it's going to be this huge, massive game people spend hundreds of hours on, and they're going to focus on story-based um, DLC or expansions is probably a better word, right? That are going to be similar to Witcher 3. Um, and for those who have played those, Blood and Stone and or excuse me, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine. Um, as I've said many times on this channel, those are the highest rated actual games on Steam of all time. Um, so The expansions? Yeah, the expansions are considered a separate game and they're the highest rated games of all time on Steam. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's and they deservedly so, right? Like Blood and Wine was a 30 to 40 hour expansion, which was absolutely incredible. I mean, it's just... There's so many superlatives I could use here, so I won't, you know, I've done it before, so I won't hold us <laughs> up. But it, long story short, just knowing how good Cyberpunk's already going to be, knowing CD Projekt Red, and knowing what they're going to add to the game in the future, I mean, I'm just, I'm beyond excited for this game. I think this is going to be one of those games that takes us into the next generation, but still leaves a lasting mark well into next generation. 
Yeah. And Colt, you, if I remember correctly, you uh, built a PC around this time, right? And you played Witcher 3 on PC and then maybe played a little bit of uh, Witcher on console. Is that, am I remembering correctly? Yep, yep. I played all the way to the end uh, segment on PC. <laughs> and then I uh, uninstalled it when I was uh, doing a repair on Windows and didn't realize GOG Galaxy doesn't have cloud save. Oh, my God. So when I went God. to reinstall Witcher, uh, my you know 45 plus hour like campaign was gone but um and i'm only like level 10 or 12 on xbox one so oh man yeah, yeah. it really bites that way but the whole uh, the crazy thing like i didn't even hear about the expansions till you guys said that for cyberpunk because we already can assume how massive cyberpunk is going to be on its own the core right. game because they said it's going to be bigger and more expansive than the witcher which doesn't even sound possible yep so yep so much yeah, to look we, forward to. Yeah, if we think about how long it's been in development, um, there's been a lot of rumors at last E3 that a lot of the game was playable already and that they needed to do some polishing. We didn't even know about Keanu Reeves last year when this was announced, so who knows the amount of polish and the amount of missions that are being added. Uh, they're taking feedback from all over the place and constantly fixing the game. So we should see it by uh, before next E3, which is going to be pretty amazing. It'd be interesting to see what the vibe on the floor of E3 is of Cyberpunk. Probably we'll still have people playing it at that time. So some really good news there. Like I said, no firm details yet on how many there will be, how long there will be. Ains mentioned a little bit of 30 to 40 hours of content there from Witcher 3. We don't know if that's going to get mirrored, but something to look forward to. That's some news that has come out this week from CD Projekt Red. Another one that was kind of funny that we were actually chatting about this week is Final Fantasy VII Reboot. We did get some information as to how the selling and format of the game is going to be. Myself and Ains and actually Dan was talking about, man, I sure hope that they don't plan on selling a full price game for just the, the, the first part. And sure enough, I, someone must have been listening to our conversation, probably Google, and decided to <laughs> share it across the web. We did get some news this week that... Final Fantasy VII Reboot, just the first part, is going to be sold as a full price game. So $59.99, just that first part is going to take over two full Blu-ray discs. So we're probably going to be seeing a very high fidelity type game with a lot of music. Um, a lot of stuff's going to be happening from there. It has not been detailed as to how long that first part's going to take, but if you remember Final Fantasy VII, the overall game was somewhere in the 40 to 60 hour mark if you took your time with it. So we'll see how expansive this gets, but this is kind of a surprise. I mean, I'm not sure what we thought here, but a part of a full game is going to be costing full price. That's kind of funny. Colt, what do you think here? I mean, are you, are you, is this a launch title for you? Launch purchase? No, I'm not a Final <laughs> Fantasy guy. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah, I, I played a whole bunch of 15, but I don't like piecemealing stuff like that. But it's supposed to be huge, though. But yeah, it's weird. Bucks, huh? Yeah, Ains. I know you're probably hand in hand with Collier. I think I think Ains just gave you a virtual high five. <laughs> that's what happened. I don't. Well, I mean, I can. I know there's a massive appeal. Like people are super excited, and uh, like my friend Jay Fons was playing the the original one that's back at bat, yeah, and he's loving yep. it, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't think you want to go to me on this one, Bert. Um, <laughs> Is this a pass? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just I, I'm not a I'm not I don't want to repeat myself. I'm not a Final Fantasy VII fan. Um, I'm not surprised, but disappointed that it's going to be $60. Now they say yep. this is have the content of a full game. That's their quote around it. So we'll see what that means. The only thing I yep. will say is that, you know, it looks gorgeous. The battle system I like, um, you know, as an improvement over the original. So if for some reason in terms of a remake, they're remaking even more than just the graphics and the battle system. Like if they're rewriting some of the story, not the key plot points, but you know what I mean? Like the actual writing, mm -hmm some of the environments um if they're changing a bunch of that stuff too you may be able to drag me into it um but i i don't know this just seems odd to me you've got a 60 dollar part of a game and you've got a 330 dollar collector's edition for a part of a game <laughs> i just yep. I, it's it's odd to but, me but people will buy it this game is going to sell like oh yeah fucking hotcakes yeah yeah and they retooled the combat system to make it more modern didn't they bert 
They did. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting. Uh, back in the old school, it was very turn-based, very old-school Final Fantasy, which was one of the good parts of the game. But it is completely different. It's a little bit more action-oriented. There are still turns that take place, but it's a lot more interactive, more modern. So in my opinion, it does look very cool from that perspective. And I, I don't have the release date in front of me. I know it's um, early next year, March, is it? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, but there's... The first quarter, we've talked about it, right? The first four months, I should say, of 2020 are already, like, packed. And so... Yeah, like 2019 you know, was. Yeah, I mean, even if yeah. I, even if they did everything right and they tried to drag me in, there's just too much shit to play. And my entire focus going into April is going to be Cyberpunk. So, yeah. yeah. Official launch date, by the way, is March 3rd, 2020. So, okay. the first week of March. Gotcha. And, uh... We officially, from Season Gaming, will not be talking about Tifa's boob size. We are passing <laughs> on commenting on that, so we're going to leave that one alone. So that's all over social media right now. Got to get, get those clips, man. Got to get those clips. I am upset that Bert, Bert wanted to, but he wouldn't sit that's on right. that motorcycle prop at, at the E3 you know, stand. They had <laughs> they had the Final Fantasy motorcycle. It so tempting. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'm calls, like, Bert, get on there. He's like... He's trying to act cool, like nah. Yeah, he's like, I know. He was like, no, let me just get these up close twenty-four photos of this and high res. I'm yeah. gonna make my wallpaper. Yeah, I have one at home already. I have a life size. He was texting me about Tifa's boobs last night. I don't know what he's on about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving along to our next story. So this this one's kind of a funny one. Um, EA is not exactly the public's favorite publisher slash I guess you'd almost call them a developer for certain things, but they're currently a big one of the biggest publishers in gaming right now. They have not had the best 2018 and 2019, and one of the stories that came out this week is the executives are going to be foregoing their bonuses this year. Um, a few outlets have mentioned this is to save jobs. A few other ones haven't even mentioned that term, so we don't have anything um, firm as far as exact details, but the only thing that has been confirmed is that they are foregoing their bonuses. Anthem had a very horrible launch. A few of the other games that came out for EA were just very lackluster. Their main success has really been... Um, uh, Apex Legends and Season 1 and Season 2 is right around the corner. And obviously we have Star Wars coming in the fall. But this one's kind of an interesting one. Um, if you work in the corporate world, bonuses are part of the incentive program for executives in general. So a lot of the times, uh, executives get a bonus even if the company just doesn't do gangbusters. It's the staff below them that doesn't. But this is, I guess, a positive way. I'm not really sure how to take it. Like I said, we don't really have details as to what's happened here from the executive team. But... This seems to be a goodwill done by them. What are your What are your guys' thoughts here on this one? Yeah, I, I read so I read a little bit about this, and um, I mean it's a decent move, right? It, it's better than nothing, I should say. Um, we're yep. we're talking about a small percentage of these guys' actual pay, and you're talking about people that are making several to tens of millions a year. So I mean it, it's not huge in that regard to them, um, but if it does make a difference, and we don't know definitively, there's a lot that goes on in these corporations. Um, that will either be speculated upon or rumored upon, um, that is completely wrong. Um, and I can tell you that from experience. Um, so whether whatever the details are, at least um, if it does anything to help the development companies within EA, if it, does, if it even saves a handful of jobs of developers or coders or entry-level testers, then it was worth it, right? Um, these guys are obviously making, like I said, tons of money. Um, EA's not doing well. They obviously had some hand in the poor performance of Anthem's launch. So, yeah, you know what? Put that money back into the teams. Let them develop. Get your portfolio in order. Um, so hopefully that's what it's actually doing. I'm going to double down with what Ains said because uh, I look at the executives that make the decisions that probably end up making a game like Anthem uh not as enjoyable as we'd want it to, but the talented people that are actually making the games, creating fantastic combat, because Anthem has really great combat. It feels great. And um, the, the games look beautiful. Uh, EA's games look really great. So as long as those people get to keep their jobs and keep doing what they do well and turn around better games with better leadership, yeah, I'm hoping that's kind of what they're trying to do, like get, show some goodwill and make sure that the talent that is working under them is taken care of first. Yeah, I think we'll hear more about that later on. EA does, a lot of sometimes their press releases and stuff tend to leak out or something. I think we'll hear more. Right now we're going to leave it as a positive. We don't really have any reason to be, you know, pessimistic towards them in any form. But glad that they're doing that. You know, um, 
places like Activision have had those big layoffs. We've seen leadership leave and stuff. So the gaming industry is just in a weird place right now. Let's keep it as a positive for now, as we mentioned. So good points on there, guys. I really uh, couldn't agree more, actually. So we'll see what happens. So um, our last two pieces of news are just really quick updates about games that we've received details on. So Gears 5... Um, in the past, they've had season passes. They've had ultimate editions and stuff like that. Um, if you have, uh, if you're picking up the ultimate edition with Gears um, Ultimate and uh, God, I can't even think Games Pass Ultimate, or I can't even think Game Pass. You got it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Too many ultimate things. It's slowly coming out. It's slowly coming out. If you get those packs, even if you get the base one, you're going to be able to get all maps. You're going to be able to get no season pass as far as way goes, so you'll be able to get all the content, unlike past games where if you didn't have the season pass, you had to buy characters and stuff like that. Um, and there'll be no gear packs as well. So this is kind of a big thing from a gaming perspective. You're not able to get everything. As I mentioned, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you do get the Ultimate Edition of the game. So Ains and, I guess, uh, Colt, correct me if I'm wrong, is it yep. three or four days ahead of time um, that, I think it's that the Ultimate comes out? I think it's four, and keep in mind that the ultimate edition of an Xbox game like Forza Horizon um, is like $99, I think, and you get the game yeah. four days early in all expansions, which in Horizon's case would have been the Fortune Island and the Lego expansion. But yep. they're t done a totally different direction where Rod Ferguson says you get the game four days early with Game Pass Ultimate, which is only 15 bucks a month. I mean, somebody could just jump in for 15 bucks and get a $99 package for Gears 5 plus 200 other games that are included in the service. So, like, this is absolutely nuts yep. that they're doing this. It's it's really awesome. And, and um, with this, too, they, uh, you get that Terminator pack as well. Yeah, I yep. think it was Sarah Connor and, and the, yeah, uh, Sarah Connor the, the, the T-800, I guess it is. But yeah, you get both of those, so that's kind of cool to see. So, um, big news there from a Gears perspective. In the past, there was all kinds of additions and stuff, which is actually making it more difficult for us because we like to collect physical, meaning Ains and myself, Colt. I think you've moved more towards digital, but we oh, like yeah. to have that steel book and we like to have all the cool-looking covers and stuff. So, it makes it even more difficult for us to buy that physical when you have the ultimate available to you in Game Pass Ultimate. So, uh, this might be the first gears that i pass on a physical copy which is going to be kind of scary in the next few years well take that 80 dollars or whatever that you would that you're saving and buy yeah. the steel book on ebay <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we i've been doing that on some games yeah well it's crazy right now if you have game pass ultimate like i i came home from e3 and bought an extra year of xbox live gold and converted it to game pass ultimate so i have two years of that um there's like a ton of content I don't really have to buy um, that's already included yeah. with such a, a great price of the service I have. So it's absolutely outstanding. A lot of value going on right there. So speaking of value, PlayStation did expand their PlayStation Hits library. The uh, newest games that are added to there are Horizon Zero Dawn. We've got Neo. Um, I almost said Gears of War. God of War 3 Remastered. Um, we have Friday the 13th, which I was a little bit surprised of being added here. And then Resident mm -hmm. Evil 7. So if you're unaware of the PlayStation Hits program, this is where they uh, put their games at a reduced value of $19.99. If you catch them on sale, I've even seen some of these at $15.99. Um, but these are just some of the most played games from PlayStation. So it's cool to see them expand their library here. You can get them at that price digitally or physically. So depending on where you go, these are... Um, these are available now in the PlayStation program. But yeah, I thought Friday the 13th was almost a bit of a, a flop, but I was surprised to see that a lot of people are still playing this game. So, it's uh, surprise there. Yeah, it's well, one, it's odd to see it in the PlayStation Hits lineup, first of all. Yeah. Um, yep. But it's also odd because support ended for that game last year. I mean, fully. The company's not touching it. And so, um, it is interesting because it does have a player base. And I think it's because of just the way the game is. It makes for a great uh, streaming game and video game. Yep. Uh, video game. You know what I mean? Making videos of the game. Um, uh -huh. So I think is that that's, that is? Oh, that's yeah. probably why. I mean, this is good news. I, the PlayStation Hits is a good thing, you know, 19.99 for all these games. I mean, most of these games can be had for that price anyway. But if you're, if you're new to yeah. the ecosystem and you just want to jump in, especially with a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, which is amazing, um, it's a good way to do it. Is that... I don't know if either of you know. Is that Horizon Zero Dawn the complete edition or the normal? I think it's a vanilla copy. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
The complete edition is on sale at Best Buy and Amazon all the time for thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, you can find it for there. So, Colt, were you going to say something? I thought I heard your voice. Um, no, I, I was just. Okay. I bought Horizon Zero Dawn for about fourteen dollars uh, yeah. at GameStop uh, like a year ago. So, nineteen ninety nine is not the best deal, but PlayStation and Xbox have had way better deals than that on some of their big yep. games. But it's cool yeah. to see them all put together. Nice. All right, so um, that's it for our news this week, folks. Like I said, the news cycle is in a very weird place right after E3. Not that many news stuff coming out from new releases or release dates or anything. Maybe we'll get something from a state of play of inside Xbox or some form of Nintendo Direct coming up in the next couple months to get more little pieces of news. But that's it for this past week, and we cover things on a weekly basis. So a couple big rumors are continuing to stir. I did mention we touch on rumors today. And don't want to spend too much time on these rumors, um, Colt and Ains, but I did want to touch on them really quick just to get your perspectives and your thoughts. I know, Colt, you'll, you'll probably have a lot to say about the Xbox console. You too, Ains. And I'll probably be the only one that's going to... Or actually, no, Ains, I think you're big on the Nintendo Switch Mini uh, rumor. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that. But first, did want to talk about the big rumor that has been kind of swirling since the second or third day of E3. Um, and it's that Project Scarlet, which was initially going to talked about nothing was ever confirmed as to what these were but you had project lockhart console and then you had the anaconda console and the rumor that has been coming out here is people have kind of honed in on phil spencer's interviews as of late and he's no longer talking in plural form of consoles coming up we haven't heard anything directly from microsoft saying it's only one console or we're still doing both consoles but the rumor is, like I said, they've dropped the lower-end console, which was Lockhart, and now they're going to be focusing only on Anaconda and potentially leveraging the Xbox One X as that entry level to the Xbox console brand for next generation. But what are your thoughts here? Have you heard other rumors that are swirling on this one? Like I said, it's evolved since E3, but what are your thoughts here, guys? You want me to go first, Danes? <laughs> Um, them dropping the Lockhart, they must have a really good reason. I think if they were coming in with a $300 launch console that plays games faster than the Xbox One X, um, that would be really appealing and it would get a lot of Xbox consoles in the home. Um, but it sounds like they would rather just go for the benchmark power and try and be the most powerful console and offer the best experience on the majority of the games that come out. Um... It's it's kind of it's a big thing to understand that over eighty percent of the games that most people play are multiplats. So um, Xbox wants you in their ecosystem with a great PC or a great console. So th I think that may be what they're trying to do. Um, but it's just kind of strange that he said deep in development of con of next generation consoles at E three last year, and now he's saying when he said consoles, he meant the Xbox All Digital Edition and the new. Scarlet, Correct. but the Xbox All Digital is not a new generation console. It's a current Xbox One. So I, I don't know why you would hide behind that. Um, that's what leads me to believe, and here's where I'll turn it to Ains. That's what leads me to believe that they are not willing to unleash their secret weapon, which may be we've got this super powerful console, and we also give you this option for this really affordable one that's cheaper than the competition. Right. That could be possi a possibility. Yeah. Haynes, what are you thinking here? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, so, you know, I kind of blew up, we joke about it, about a month and a half, two months ago with some comments I made. Um, and I can tell you definitively um, from an internal Microsoft document that I have that they were planning on two consoles. I don't think that's a secret, um, but I can tell you that that was a fact. Um, so... I like the way Colt's thinking in the sense of, you know, we already know that they're going for the benchmark. They've been very clear about that. There, there's no doubting it. Whether or not they hit it, you know, who knows? We'll see. Um, we already know they're going for that. But it, it does bring up an interesting point because the first question I asked to some of the people I was talking to when I saw this document was, okay, so they're going to come in with a, a three – no pricing was announced, right? But say they come in with a three to $400 entry-level next-gen and then they come in with a 600 monster, right? Where does that leave the Xbox One X? It puts it in a funny spot um, because you've still got this very, very powerful and capable console 
that's only a couple of years old um, that you could really bring down to a, a $250, $299 price point and still capture a lot of audience. And remember that games like Gears 5, Halo Infinite, um, all these games are still going to work on Xbox One um, platform. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't really know. I, I think this is interesting. I'm wondering... So I think it could go either direction, and I'll say two points. One, it could go the direction of they've dropped it, and I think that's possible because they figured out, well, we've already got the Xbox One platform, including the X, and with Anaconda coming, um, you know, that gives developers a lot of options already, and we'll make the Xbox One X our entry-level console, right? But then to Colt's point, if you came out and said, okay, we're truly moving to a new generation, sure, the games will still work on your Xbox One ecosystem, but in this new generation, we have more advanced technology, better CPU, uh, much more advanced load times, and you can get there um, in a three to $400 entry-level piece, or if you want kind of native 4K60 on pretty much every game and just monstrous power, um, you can go the high-end route. I think that's very appealing as well especially when you start to compare to PS5, which we almost definitively know is going to be one console, right? Um, yeah. So I, I could see it going either way, and i got to be honest, I don't have any insight here. I haven't heard anything definitively behind the scenes, closed door, right. since the two-console approach. Um, so I, I don't know what they're doing, and I could see it going either way. Yeah. So, like I said, folks, this is rumors right now. Uh, we don't really say anything is confirmed until we have something from the company that's making either the console, the publisher, the developer, or anything. More to come. I'm sure this will be a hot story for the next few months until there's everything about, you know, Project Scarlet that's coming out. But we'll report on that as well. Um, this... Yep, <laughs> Anaconda, same, same for day. me. Yeah. Um, this next one is going to be really short and sweet. Um, this is uh, another, uh, I guess, a leak from an accessory maker. Um, accidentally leaked some blueprint stuff that had to do with a potential Nintendo Switch Mini. Um, and it was potentially new Joy-Cons that came out. So um, there's been a lot of funny social media um, uh, posts about this. And they're saying the Nintendo Switch Mini is probably the worst kept console secret in a very long time. Now, we don't know if that's what it's going to be called. We don't know if it's going to be the Nintendo Switch Pro, uh, the Nintendo Switch Anaconda. We don't know anything um, about this next, <laughs> next console. But we are hoping that it is a more powerful console, maybe a 1080p screen, something that gives us a little bit better of experience on the Switch that a lot of us are kind of hoping for in the future. But I don't know if you guys have anything to say here. This is still very much a rough rumor. Um, there's These things leak out probably with fake or you know legit rumors every month or so. But I don't really have anything else to say on. I just wanted to mention what is swirling and, like I said, what is probably the worst kept secret from Nintendo. N Nintendo knows the numbers. They know. That's like I saw a number like eighty some percent of gamers are playing that thing uh, mobile. They're not docking it. So yeah. if they come in with a much you know if they slightly cheaper but a little faster version now that it's two years old, you know new tech. Um, they know it'll sell really well. I think it will, and I, I kind of put my trust in Nintendo. Like they've got their gaming space in the right place, and they're doing. They're really captured the world with the things they're doing. Uh, like <laughs> they about lost it with the Wii U. So yep. uh, they, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, and they don't care like... about generations. Like they don't care about what PlayStation and Xbox are doing. They don't. They don't need that. They cater to a certain audience and that audience uh, really likes what they're doing. So I'm glad that they're seeing success. Yeah. You almost can't, you can't even compare them in this generation anymore. It's just kind of a weird place for them to be. They're their own generation that takes place. Okay, folks, that's it for our rumors this week. Um, I did want to mention the remaining months of June, July, and August. There's a whole bunch of games that are still coming out before the crazy fall. I just wanted to touch on them really quick. We don't really need to discuss any of these things, but then we're going to be talking about what we're currently playing and kind of enjoying. But uh, for the rem remainder of June, so we've got one week left in June, we have Super Mario Maker 2, which is coming out on the 28th. We have Judgment, depending on when you're listening, is already out. It's on the 26th. A little bit of a spinoff from Yakuza there, and a lot of people are liking it a lot. I'm actually going to pick that one up in the future, probably when my backlog is somewhat caught up. Uh, in July, we have a couple big ones there. We have Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is the Switch exclusive. That is coming out on the 19th. 
and we have Wolf Youngblood, which is the 26th. So if you did like Wolfenstein, um, this is a spinoff slash, I wouldn't call it DLC. It's very similar to what Dishonored did with Dishonored 2. Um, they had a whole spinoff using the same game engine, but this is going to be with the main character's daughter. So that's an interesting one to pick up. Check out the trailers. Looks really fun. In August, we have Control. That's coming out on the 27th. And then Astral Chain, makers of Near Automata, is releasing for the Switch on the 30th of August. So still a ton to pick up in these remaining three months. Um, I should say two and a half months or two months in a week. Um, and then the fall hits and you're going to need your seatbelt on for the fall. It's going to be bananas. So we're not <laughs> talking about any fall game releases here. We'll save this way down the road, but a ton of stuff to play. It is a good time to be a gamer. So let's talk about what we are personally gaming. So we're not always playing the latest and greatest, but we're definitely playing some great games. Colt, let's start out with you since you're our guest. What have you played in the last week, week or two? What are you loving? What are you hating? What's going on in your world? I know. I was gonna say I I I am loving everything I'm playing. I just finished the Lego Speed Champions expansion for Forza Horizon Four. Absolutely love that game. Um, yep. And then uh, I went into Riverbond. <laughs> so Riverbond is this little isometric, um, like Minecraft dungeon-looking game that has little mini levels and with a boss at the end. And I, I just fell in love with this game. And it's not a game type I would normally play. And as a result, I think I got at least 30 different people on Twitter in the gaming community like playing this game right now. And they're and they're like you got you played it in Yanes. <laughs> so it's just it's downloaded a, I don't know. for me. Yeah, I haven't played it, but it's downloaded. Yep. It's just a satisfying like good game. It's like chill. I, I play it and talk and party and I just enjoyed it. And then uh, I just started back up Deus Ex Mankind Divided. I uh, played so a good. bunch of that on the PC and then uh, it's on Game Pass so I wanted to see how it looks on the X it looks really nice and kind of getting back into that and grabbing some achievements and kind of experiencing my uh, precursor to Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> it's uh, Adam Jensen right Colt? That's the yeah, yeah he's a yeah. very cool character very cool character Nice. Okay, well, I'll shoot through what I'm playing. I'm all over the place these days. Um, I actually finished Persona 5, which took forever. It took 105 hours to get done, um, and I did it over a number of months, just going, kind of going back to it, and then I said I'm going to focus on this game and not play anything else, and so I did that. Um, so that's a good accomplishment for me. It's one of my favorite games this generation. It's pretty good, but it's just very long, and it's not the kind of game to where you can play in 15 to 20-minute increments because even the save points are kind of questionable at that point. So... Um, it's interesting, but if you like RPGs and are into something a little bit different, check out Persona. Horizon 4 LEGO Expansion. I do want to mention this is some of the most fun I've had in Horizon in a very long time. I actually didn't love Horizon 4 as much as I did 3 the first time I started playing it, even though I'm a level 138 or something. I just didn't play it as long as I played 3. Um, so to right. pick up the, the Lego expansion, it just reinvigorated my love for the, uh, the gameplay style and everything. It's just so good. Um, very high quality, and it really pulls you into the Lego world. So um, that's so much fun. Um, I'm actually trying, and the reason I'm saying trying is because I'm probably going to scrap this, but Shenmue 1 and 2 is part of Game Pass. It is not aged well at all. Um, and this is from not only a graphical perspective, even though it's supposed to have, I guess, 4K resolution. I don't know how they're doing that, but... The gameplay is absolutely horrid, um, so it's really hard to play. And I'm, I'm not very much of a retro gamer to start with, but playing this game with today's controller and TV is near impossible. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the voice acting is horrible. The sound is horrible. They didn't update any of that in the remaster. So um, I don't know if I'm going to make it through. I might stop. So, uh, la yeah, we're not going to. We're going to leave that alone because that's <laughs> that's a that's a travesty. Um, I went back to Metro Exodus. I did buy it at launch. I have, I guess, the Steelbook uh, Exodus. Um, what was this book called again? Oh, the Aurora edition. I have it right here. Um, and it was broken when I first played it. Um, it's still broken. Very frustrated about it. Um, I think, Colt, you even mentioned it on, on Twitter that uh, you ran into some issues. But my game now freezes about every 30 to 45 minutes. And if there was not a safe point in there, I have to do it all over again. 
I don't know when they're going to patch this, but at this point, they're six months past release now, um, so I'm not sure what the uh, the holdup is. But some people are having no issues, and some people are having tons of issues. So it's it's a yeah. very weird release. Yeah, I'm, I'm really careful when I respond to people when they're having technical issues because I've been on the receiving end of having a game, like, unplayable, and then I get yelled at, like, mine's fine. And when you yep. said that yours, yours was crashing, I said, yeah, mine locked up a few times, or I had to... Um, you know, close the game closed out on me, and I had to reload. The loading, just loading into the game, takes so long five, yeah. eight minutes or something, which is an eternity for for us these days. But um, yeah, when then when you responded back that it was crashing every thirty or forty minutes, I'm like, that's really crappy. I'm sorry. Yep. And I said you can play it on PC, and but <laughs> I've heard yep. a lot of problems with PC. Um, one of my buddies was playing, and he said like it, he couldn't even get it to launch several times. So. Yeah, that sucks. Who knows what's I up? I mean, that. they are a smaller dev team than your your typical AAA studios. And to a certain extent, I wouldn't really consider them AAA. They're somewhere in the middle between AAA and AA when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, development teams. So they're, they're a smaller team. I hope they're working on it because it's a story that I do want to finish. And it's, it's just unfortunate that it's happening. Um, and then lastly, I'm going back to Yakuza 0. I did play this one a bit, but at the time I was so distracted with a ton of games that it didn't interest me. But now that Judgment's out, which is a spinoff from Yakuza, I do want to actually go back and finish Yakuza, do the Kiwami 1 and 2, and then pick up Judgment down the road. So as you can picture, I have a ton of gaming to still do to get there. So that's it from what we're playing, folks. Thanks for tuning in on that side of stuff. Um, and that actually closes out our BitCast for this week. Um, we should be back on schedule next week with our BitCast and our normal formatting as well. I want to thank Colt again for joining us here. If you don't follow this guy on Twitter or YouTube, you need to. He's one of the best resources for Xbox content and also having fair conversations with people about gaming in general. So you got to respect him for that. And thanks again, Cole, Colt, for uh, joining us. Um, Backseat Gaming is back on schedule, hopefully next week. So if you follow us with Backseat Gaming, we're shooting for a Monday shoot, and we're going to be trying to get that to you next Friday. So that is the 5th of July when we should be back on schedule there. We've got a couple articles for you to read on our site if you do follow us from a written perspective. We have um, the Series 2 Elite Controller. We have a whole write-up on there from what's uh, what's new from the uh, Generation 1 controller or Series 1 controller. Check that if you haven't. We have a few of our takes from E3 as well. Ains, anything you want to mention from any of your write-ups? I know you've been doing some of that as well. Yeah, no, just focusing on some of the conversations from E3. As you kind of already said, it's been a relatively slow news week um, since E3. So focusing on some of the gameplay conversations we had, the closed-door demos. Um, As you can see next to me here, I've had Tris, so there's an unboxing video off of that as well. And uh, before we fully close out, I, I too, want to thank you, Colt, for coming on. Um, I just want to echo what you said earlier around uh, E3 and hanging out. Uh, It was a great, great time. I was joking with people that, um, you know, obviously we knew each other prior to E3, but not in a capacity where we talked a lot. And um, it's kind of funny that... Um, <laughs> or hanging out, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny that, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just crazy. kind of hit it off. And, um, you know, it's been great uh, getting to know you more personally. And, um, yeah, really great having you on here. Hope we can do it more often. And um, thanks again. So. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Colt, anything you want to mention? Any uh, anywhere they can find you other than what we've mentioned? I know we said it a few times, so I don't want to sound like an echo. But we got Twitter, we got YouTube, we got your podcast. Um, anything else you want to mention? That's mostly like where you know people can message me on Xbox anytime. That's open. They can message me on Twitter. That's open. Um, I have a little Instagram account where I just I put uh, it's Colt Eastwood where I put graphics I've made or thumbnails or screenshots from games just for fun. You know, I don't really expect anything other than people to kind of see stuff that i like sharing so yeah it's just how i talk to people i guess cool all right everyone thanks for watching have a great week and we'll catch you next week